0: Welcome Iowa innovators, educators, entrepreneurs, ecosystem builders, and anyone interested in finding fresh ways of doing the work they do right here in Iowa.
1: This is Iowa Innovation, powered by NuboCo and sponsored by Nymaster Good, where we talk to leaders in innovation, education, and entrepreneurship.
0: I'm Samantha. And I'm Stacy. And today's guest is Jess Bertling. Jess works with us at NuboCo as a software developer, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, why different perspectives are very important in technology how women play into that, and a little bit about pancakes and waffles. So with that, let's Innovate Iowa!
1: This show is sponsored by Nymaster Good, Iowa's largest law firm with offices in
0: Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, and Ames. Nymaster's cutting-edge, positive legal approach has helped businesses of all sizes succeed for more than 100 years. So if you're wondering if you should or shouldn't do something in tech, like the ethics around something. Hmm. Or maybe you have a product that you need some legal documentation for. Oh, my gosh. Those like 60 page documents that no one reads. Oh, I could definitely use help with that. Yeah. And so that's the benefit of Master
1: Good. They will read it for you and they'll take care of that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> With more than 70 practice areas, Nymaster has attorneys with expertise in all areas of the law, including corporate structure, capital raising, intellectual property protection, tax planning, employee benefits, labor and employment law, government relations, and litigation.
0: Visit www.nymaster.com. That's N Y E master.com to learn what Nymaster Good can do for you. Hi, ladies, it's great to hang out with you today. Hi. It's awesome to be here. Yeah. Yes. So, we were kind of chatting before, and um, we're maybe going to kick this off with a little bit of our backgrounds and how we all found our way into tech careers. Who would like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, so I became interested in tech really early on in college. Um, and even a little bit in high school. I took a couple computers classes, but I ended up going to art school, but really focused on the digital design aspect of things. Um, I found my way to it professionally because the job that I first got right out of college, I was doing graphic design that turned into web design, and as I was doing web design, it turned more into coding my web designs and now, I just write code most of the time for work. So <laughs> <laughs> I kind of found my way there naturally, I
1: guess. Um, yeah, not a direct path.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, so I would say I first got exposed to coding, but didn't really realize it was coding in middle school, back in MySpace days, <laughs> um, and making layouts with HTML and CSS. Um, and then, you know, once everything moved over to Facebook, didn't do anything with that. Um, pursued a degree in psychology, pursued a career in sign language interpreting, and then through my career ended up coming across um, a coding bootcamp. And so that kind of re-exposed, you know, that world and that career and realizing, you know, kind of put the pieces together of what I had done at that time and something that I really enjoyed doing. Um, you know, that that's something that you can build a career off of and how cool things are today. Um, and so ended up um, two years ago, switching or going back to school for software development. And um, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, um, in high school, I, I didn't have computer classes available to me. I had keyboarding and like a, I don't know, Apple works type class that we, I don't know, used whatever the word document processing thing was at the time. But I had a, a math teacher that encouraged me to look into engineering and I had no idea what that was at the time. And I did like a summer camp at Iowa State and being a high school student on a college campus and staying up late. Um, the only <laughs> like lab tour that I actually stayed engaged with and stayed awake for was the computer engineering one where we got to program robots. And I thought it was just so cool. I felt like I could control things with my fingers, um, like virtually. And I thought that was pretty um, amazing. And uh, I went through a lot of iterations, like, do I like this or not? Because a lot of the focus seemed to be around things that were very, I don't know, didn't have like an impact for me. But the stuff that really interests me were like things that light up and beep and blink and stuff. So like that physical computing stuff and um, I guess how how things could make an impact. And yeah, just kind of went through on a journey and found myself. Uh, working as a software developer and like embedded systems which I enjoyed and now definitely did like a hard left on my career to work in education to bring this more students but um, yeah I like to talk about how like life is kind of a spaghetti of stuff it doesn't like follow linear paths Um, but yeah like all of those things like we had to be exposed to stuff somehow so and a lot of times people are like well um, certain people don't like coding I think a lot of it's just exposure and like being able to see how it can impact it so um, if you don't know that you like doing this stuff what are some things you can do to try try it out test it out see what's going on yeah so
1: I mean for adults out there who are looking to you know explore with this and see if that's something for them you know NuboCo offers a Delta V coding boot camp that has just a 101 that's a one day you know, learn how to build a website um, to kind of dip your toes into it and see if you like it. And then you can go from there. There are also other um, online resources too, but if you really want to get that in-person experience or get that sense of community and be alongside other learners, you know, that's one option.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. One of the great things about the Delta V course too, having taught it, is that a lot of those skills are transferable to a lot of careers. So you may be already Mm -hmm. working... Doing something that maybe touches something that can be enhanced from code. Um, For example, if you do any kind of like social media type stuff, you may be able to, you know, transfer some of that into building a little website that you can then link to, like a landing page, um, or even like building like marketing emails, things like that.
1: Yeah, we've definitely had like researchers from universities take a 101 because. You know they need some way to display their data to other people. Yeah, that's a and, idea. Mm-hmm. and so you know they took a one oh one to really just help them hone in on
0: those skills for the field that they're working in right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. just like how to supplement your current job or your interest mm-hmm. or something like doesn't have to be the focus part of your career. You don't have to become a software developer to still benefit from those skills, yeah. yep, absolutely. yep. Yeah, I know that like some of the focus is around like gender gap in the field, um, but just the diversity in general, right? We see rural versus urban, um, racial, ethnic, all of those things that are challenging. Um, some of the things we do on like the student side of stuff is the Coder Dojo events that are held during the school year so that any student, especially like K-5 targeting that can see themselves in it and feel comfortable and confident in trying it out before they start to self-select out of STEM careers or coding um, because that happens a lot, especially for girls in like the nine to thirteen year old range. So if we can get them exposed earlier, then they can make that decision: like, do I like this or not? Um, trying it out, and then once they get older, we've got a girls' code plus plus coming up. Jess has been an instructor for that before on our web development side. We're adding in physical computing this year. So again, like a quick, easy way to try things out, and then code plus plus is for anyone to see if you're interested, give it a try. Um, we also have a sponsorship with Girls Who Code for BAE. That one's fun because I don't think I've told you guys this, yet, but one of the third graders, she's actually starting a coding club at her school because she like has enjoyed it so much. So I was like, oh, Yay. that's awesome. She found like a teacher sponsor. So they're going to have a little coding club that she's going to lead at her school. And she said that like coming to the classes and like talking with the other girls has made her feel like she can share it with other people. So that's, yeah, it's like trying it out, right? Like try it on for size, see if you like it. I don't like cooking, but I tried it out to learn it. (laughs) I didn't like it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's so great to try it and get some of the the hands-on with it because you can see what it's really like. Mm -hmm. You know, you see the portrayals in the media of, like, ones and zeros, and Mm -hmm. you think of all this complicated math that has to happen, and, you know, there are definitely fields that involve that. But things like web development and a lot of the other types of coding that you may find yourself in for a career, they really don't. Mm Um, you might do some basic math but for the most part like you're typing in English mm-hmm. there may be some weird punctuation right yeah. but it's not as scary as you know a lot of times they try to make it out to be more complicated than it is like this big scary
1: yeah. thing. That's yep. so true like my dad was a software engineer and whatever I saw of his work was just you know a black and white screen or like a blue and white screen mm-hmm. and just <laughs> yes very much so and and he worked in COBOL right And <laughs> and also very very old technologies and so you know i never like put two and two together that the html and css from myspace layouts you know even though i knew that that's what he did like i never put that together that that also was an option within that career field Mm -hmm. um and so so all you people out there who who used to make MySpace layouts? I know there are so many.
0: You know, coding
1: might be worth revisiting for you. The skills are also transferable. <laughs> yes, I thought you were playing around. Yes. Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, well, since this is an innovation podcast, we can kind of talk about like why it's important to have a lot of different backgrounds represented in all things, right? But especially, we see those gaps in diversity in, in the tech field. So, how does that impact innovation and, and for the positive?
1: Yeah, I would say that, you know, when people make an app or a game or website, whatever it is, you know, they are making it for all people, right? And so those apps and those technologies need to be designed by all different sorts of people because there are considerations that because of your lived experiences, you might not have thought of because you haven't encountered those, you know, that incident hasn't, that incidental opportunity hadn't happened in your life. And so when you bring together people of different abilities, you know, with knowledge of assistive technologies, or when you bring together people, when you bring together women who have knowledge of, you know, being a woman and that lived experience, you know, that creates a better product that can be better used by all.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would also say that when you bring different types of people together, they've spent their life in different spaces and even just enjoying different things. Like they may be looking at different websites. They might be looking at different apps that you don't use, Mm -hmm. which can spark ideas for how things could work, Mm -hmm. how things could be made better and improved in an arena that maybe you don't spend time in. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And both of you work with a lot of different clients in the work that you do. And so how do you kind of help them on their journey and their process of, a lot of them are startups, um, to kind of give them that guidance or that feedback to consider it because they probably come and have like the idea of what they want, but you have your technical background and guidance of like best practice and um, usability and all of those things. What are some things that you do to help them think through that?
2: Oh, it's a definite push and pull because they're also oftentimes the subject matter experts for their field. So depending upon what they might be targeting, they might know more than me about who their customer is. And so they need to kind of impart some of that knowledge on me when I'm working on the front end or the design of it. Um, But there's definitely things that I have learned over the years that work better, that don't work better. Um, So it's kind of like a gentle education. Sometimes it's like a meeting in the middle and a middle ground. And I would say one of the biggest fields um, or areas that we're kind of diving into and really becoming more passionate about is making everything that we do accessible and so Stacey can talk a little bit about that because she's been spearheading some of those efforts but it's something that a lot of people don't think about Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to building something and with startups it can be a little bit of a challenge to kind of let them know that this is something we really need to do and devote time to.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah I would say that Jess hit it spot on with the push and pull you know aspect of it because you know people do have this idea in their head of how they want something to work. But if that's something that isn't um, compatible with assistive technologies like screen readers, then that's just something that, you know, that is something that just can't work. Like sometimes there's just like a bottom line of this isn't accessible and we like have to do it another way if you want all users to be able to access it. And so, you know, Sometimes if it's, you know, not a high priority at that time, people will choose to forego that, but at the cost of later having to do it anyway, because sooner or later, you know, there are guidelines out there and Mm -hmm. um, there's the ADA, um, all all sorts of legislation out there to to enforce accessibility. And so whether that's, you know, prioritized or deprioritized, um, it's something that has to be come across. And so unfortunately that brings difficult conversations, but fortunately a lot of the time people do see that human element of it. And then also recognize not only the human element of it, but the financial gains when you're able to reach, um, more users and,
0: and subsequently have more potential customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's almost like you have to spend more time and, and, money up front but then you don't have to spend even more later on to yeah. retrofit and, fit and fix things um, and it's unfortunate that that's an innovation to make everything accessible right but a lot of people weren't thinking about that because software developers especially if they were developing on their own their own ideas it was just like okay this is what I want this is going to work for me but there's that whole customer discovery piece in there and also thinking more broadly of what you can bring to the table so that um, more people can adopt it and and benefit from it, not have those barriers that exist.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So one other thing that kind of bringing to this, I found myself over the pandemic joining a Slack group um, and it was mainly like moms in tech. And I don't know, I don't remember how I got into it, but I found it interesting because they brought, like I'm a mom in tech, but they brought a lot of different perspectives around workforce stuff. And, and it pulled in like the conversations I'm having with um, companies in our state and like shortages. And they're very much focused on salary and how they can't compete with um, companies on the coast. But I'd love to know your thoughts about like other perks and things to a job in tech that other than just salary that would keep you or other people maybe in jobs. Because I think that that's something that I don't, I don't hear talked about a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're kind of spoiled, I guess, overall when it comes to a worker demographic. Tech workers have had it good for quite a while, just with the plethora of jobs. So there's been competition to keep people employed. Um, For me, salary, I mean, obviously is important to keep a roof over your head and things like that. Um, But I love some of the things that, you know, like more flexible hours, being able to do like the hybrid or remote work is amazing like I've really taken to that. I had the option um, in past jobs and in, you know past years, but when the pandemic hit, having done that before, just being able to make it like a seamless transition was just incredible. like it really just kind of felt like seamless. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was for maybe all of our staff that do different roles and different different responsibilities. but for us tech people, like my clients were already, like at the time I was working with one out of the Bay Area, we had a worker in Berlin. Um, And so it was just kind of like, we were already doing that. Our meetings were already all remote. We were already touching base and working like that. So um, I really appreciate that kind of lifestyle perk now that, you know, we're kind of getting more back to normal around here, still being able to work from home and kind of build my schedule as I like. I got kind of used to that. So that's just (laughs) a really big thing for me. And You know, not every career allows that flexibility, and I'm not a parent, but I can assume that that would make it easier to do kid wrangling and, you know, support their activities and their passions as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, as a mom in tech, it is very beneficial to be able to pick up my children, you know, when school's out at 2 or 3 o'clock and, you know, be able to come back home and, you know set them up and then hop back on and do work as I need to or wait till they go to bed and get some more work done if I if I need to but you know having that flexibility having that work-life balance being able to be there for your kids when you need to is definitely something I've experienced in this field and something that really drew me to it as well um that isn't always the case if you're working in like a high demand like say you're working on something that is customer facing that like you're working on the amazon app or (laughs) you know like something that if that crashed or there was a bug or something you would need to be on their stat to fix it right there are definitely roles like that out there Mm -hmm. um but Th- I would say that that's not necessarily the norm and that that there's just a plethora of flexibility and understanding in the, in this workplace and it's just a matter of hey we trust you to get your work done you get your work done that's all that matters mm-hmm. you communicate with your teammates that's what's important
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah and one of the other things that that group exposed me to was um, like the extraction method like there would be moms on there women saying Hey, you know, in my current role, I'm not having a good experience, and I'm looking for a new opportunity. Can someone help me find a space that's welcoming that has flexibility or whatever they're looking for? So I think that that's something that's new because um, I didn't experience that when I first started. I didn't have a way to connect with people. We didn't have Twitter at the time. We were talking earlier; Facebook was just new. So maybe talk about like um, things you know on your journey, things that have helped you, um, people that you can look up to, or how you've you know gone through without that. Um, and kind of found your way, or or can provide that for others.
1: Yeah, so having made that career transition fairly recently, you know, within the last few years, um, I had several people that like I I would listen to either on a podcast or follow them on Twitter or on Instagram and follow their story of. And, and not only just like their story and their journey and the work that they're doing now, but you know, some of the educational pieces that they would provide and the blogs and all of that stuff. And, and not only that, but sharing the experiences that they're coming across in the workplace and then how they navigated it. Um, I was fortunate to have quite a few of those out there and that helped me sh- not only shape the identity of like, who I wanted to be in this career field and what kind of developer I wanted to be, but also, you know, gave me some of those tools of, you know, in this field, how to navigate things I may come across that might be difficult.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Samantha said, we were kind of discussing this beforehand and, you know, Stacy had that. I really didn't. Um, Like Samantha said, you know, we came about this when Facebook, you still needed like a .edu. (laughs) Uh, Much like Stacy, I was making MySpace layouts. It was like a side hustle in college, doing some HTML and CSS. Um, So yeah, there wasn't really a lot of these tech communities out there, especially that were more focused on people who maybe weren't the norm in the industry. So I think that that's a really cool development. You know, I try to highlight some of those kind of standouts that are just more public figures. And the thing like when we were teaching um, Girls Code Plus Plus in past years, that was a big kind of emphasis that Mm -hmm. I would put on at the beginning. Like, here are some prominent women in tech. This is kind of their career path and what they've done. Um, You know, some have worked for the NBA. Some have worked in the music industry. And so just a lot of different aspects of people's lives that I think that a lot of people can you know, enjoy. Everybody likes music. Everybody likes TV. Everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. well, not everybody, but a lot of people like sports. Um, So that kind of resonates with them Um, because, yeah, I didn't have that. And, you know, there is that kind of euphemism. If you can seek it, you can be it. Um, And so I think that the more that that becomes kind of on display and a lot of those groups pop up, the better.
0: Yeah, I think there are a lot more examples now, especially of um, different applications. Like there are people that, you know, within the fashion area, like create costumes that are interactive or you know, use sensors or something like that or people that are making apps or resources or even just like things that are a certain color that that's like their vibe Mm -hmm. Um, and and making that more public instead of it just kind of not being accessible or um, visual, you know, for people to know that that's happening. Um, I've got two girls that you both know (laughs) and uh, you know, I don't, I'm not, we're not forcing them into tech at all, but they are kind of a little obsessed with using technology and I know like our older daughter going to, to camps um, last summer she started mentioning well I'm the only girl here and it's like all right y- yep, here we are in this and so we've kind of made it a priority that if she's interested in a, a club or a camp or something we're like all right which friends are you going to invite so that she's not the one alone and she's bringing her crew with her and just trying to build that around her so that she doesn't have to experience that and her friends might not all enjoy it but like right now you know she's like in sixth grade. And so they all just kind of wanna hang out. Yep. So if they're gonna hang out with her at the STEM camp, then that's what they're gonna do. <laughs> and then they can do stuff on the green screen or um, programming or whatever. But thinking of that, like how that's happening at that age and how we can still do that, like uh, adults of providing those support networks and, and anyone can be an ally for anything, right? Like if you, I had a, a team lead that was colorblind and that's like one of my first exposures to accessibility of just making sure like he could tell that the red light or the green light were blinking. Um, simple things like that and maybe start thinking about okay like every time I make something I have to make sure that he's able to tell the difference and not use red and green um, simple things like that but making sure we bring people along for the ride and consider them in things
2: yeah absolutely okay so I love the whole bring a friend mm-hmm. I think that's great and we have seen a lot of that in the past at like girls code events and mm-hmm. um, code dojo where people will kind of come in pairs or come in groups and I just always think that that's great because mm-hmm you know, you might be interested in something that your friend has not had exposure to, and it's just kind of camaraderie. Um, I think that's awesome. Yeah,
0: I think I remember one year, Girls Code Plus Plus, we were doing websites, and weren't there two friends, like one of them loved pancakes, and one of them loved waffles? Yes. And so they each made a, like, web page to, like, defend which was better, like, pancakes or waffles, and they found, like, all kinds of clothing, (laughs) (laughs) pancakes and waffles on it. Um, Yeah, so, like, just those things, it's like, you know, that's showing their personality, but doing it with a friend and like figuring it out, and I love that, like those kind of quirky things.
2: Yeah, and I think that's one great thing about a lot of these things that we offer to kind of expose these, these younger adults and, and kids to different technology careers is that it can translate to whatever their passion is currently. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm a very curious person and my passions have evolved a lot um, over the past two decades since I've been doing this kind of stuff. And it's really neat to be able to lend your skills to whatever your current thing is, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you're really into music, you can do work in music. If you're really into fashion, you can do work in fashion. Um, And there's always open source, right? You can always contribute to open source software that may be a component of something that you're passionate as well. So it can kind of evolve with you. You're not just kind of, you know, stuck in one industry. And that works really well for a lot of people you know you think of like healthcare and like sales and a lot of other you know type roles where you may get to kind of move around a little bit Um, but tech really is kind of a part of everything and so you can apply it to whatever you want to and you can really be
0: introduced to a lot of diverse um, career paths Mm -hmm. yep I don't know that I've ever been afraid of not having a job because there's always something in tech that's a need you might have to like you know improve skills in a different area and uh, like apply it somewhere else but yeah and kind of like uh, again on the evolving part like delta v i think we have an all women cohort right now did i I hear that correctly yeah and it's just like organic yeah we didn't plan
2: it it's not something that we like set up um it just kind of happened yeah yeah that's
0: awesome that you know people are finding it and finding that like or at least trying it out to see if it's a good fit for their their needs their lifestyle their interests and stuff like that so You can train um, at any time and switch. Yeah. And there's room for everybody. Like, there are so many jobs. (laughs) There are so many
2: jobs open. That's not going to change. You know, if anything else, you know, COVID kind of accelerated that timeline to the digital transformation of just our daily lives. Um,
0: And it's not slowing down. Oh, yeah. 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 Let me pull my like Samantha Stat hat out. And like, right now, Iowa has an average of like 6,000 open computing jobs. Yeah. And those are just the ones that are like defined as like, probably computer science more on the programming side of stuff but there are always people there on like the data science side of things or databases or um, figuring out how to use technology I have a a neighbor that does drones for um, Corteva and like uses that to figure out crops like it's all over and before the pandemic we had an average of like 3,000 so we've doubled Mm -hmm. that and that's every month those are open and that's just in Iowa yeah just in Iowa yep and we only have like 700 graduates from college in those areas so there's a huge supply and demand challenge Yeah. Come to Iowa, work, fill our jobs. Right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and there's so many options. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you don't just have to be a programmer. Yeah, You don't just have to be a programmer. There's so many other roles that you can fill. Um, Like QA is a big thing. We Mm -hmm. need a lot of QA people. And a little bit of tech know-how is great. I mean, I like to refer to a lot of careers as tech adjacent, right? Mm -hmm. And it's great to have this kind of background and this kind of knowledge so that you can report back to the team that may be working on it more in depth that, you know, what you know, kind of give them a lead on what a bug may be or where something is happening. Um, But yeah, I mean, your job can just be to like, click around and make sure that things work as expected, check accessibility things, um, all kinds of stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's design, if you're really into design, you can do a little bit of code and do as much or as little as you want. You know, I started out doing very little code, um and now I do a lot of code and Mm -hmm. you just kind of pick things up along the way and yeah it's it's very open Mm
0: -hmm. yeah earlier this week um we were at a high school event and we were doing like every 20 minutes we had another group of high schoolers it was really overstimulating um but we (laughs) were doing a couple activities and one of them was um creating like a machine learning model and that's one of my favorite things to talk with students that are like oh I hate coding like or what they think is coding, mm-hmm. like great, you don't have to do any coding for this. But um, if you like ethics, or if you like arguing, or debating, or pointing like out the pros and cons of things, like you could go into like philosophy, and like pair that with technology and talk about how maybe it's not the best idea to review resumes with artificial intelligence so that it screens out people that you don't typically hire, or um, you know, self-driving cars. All of those things of like thinking about the pitfalls, or back to like the accessibility piece, right? Like how who are we missing? Um, considering in this uh, tool and just because we can do it, should we do it? All of those things. So if you're more of like a lawyer mind or like the debate or argue or think about all of the things that could go wrong, if you're a really anxious person, (laughs) you could go into tech as well and think about all of like the pitfalls and stuff there too. So I think uh, what we're all kind of saying is like, try it out. Um, There's plenty of room for all people and even if they're like, whatever you identify as, your background is typically underrepresented in tech. Um, you should definitely try it out and find those safe spaces that exist now and just you know, bring your crew, try it out, come talk with us, talk with other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's welcome. There's enough space.
2: Mm-hmm. There's enough space for everybody. And there's enough open jobs that if you find a space that you're not comfortable in, there's another one waiting for you. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Thanks for joining me today, ladies. Thank you. Yeah, this was great. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much to our guest, Jess, for coming on the show. You can contact Jess at jessica
0: at newbo.co. If you love the show, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also visit our blog, nubo.co slash blog, to find key takeaways summarized and detailed.
1: This podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Media Group. For more information, go to lasmediagroup.com.
0: Finally, we sure would love it if you'd consider a donation to Nubo Co., your contributions to our nonprofit help us continue to serve innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs across the state of Iowa. To learn more, visit Co/donate.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today. <laughs> Peace.
0: <laughs> Peace and code.